you join us, especially if you're our guest here this morning. We are uh, in a series. Uh, it's a series that we tend to do. Uh, we're following a brilliant, brilliant book called uh, Making Life Work by uh, Bill Hybels, who's a, just a, a real genius and a real hero of the faith, just a fantastic church leader, coined many phrases. One of the best phrases was that the church is the hope for the world. And I truly and wholeheartedly believe that what we are doing here is just a portion of what the wider church is doing, gathering together in his presence, hearing his word, getting set free, getting empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit and then going to um, bring better life, making life work to a broken, hurting society. We've covered uh, certain subjects called pursuing wisdom. We've uh, talked about taking initiative, doing good, and developing discipline. And all of these um, titles are based upon just a fabulous book in the Bible, the book of Proverbs. And I would encourage you, if you've never read it, or it's been a while since you've read it, is go back to it. It's just full of just nuggets of gold that if we would just not only read the verses, but practice what it says on the tin, practice what the truth of what God's word is speaking to us about, I guarantee you it will change and encourage uh, your life. So this morning we're talking about speaking the truth, telling the truth. And as we introduce that, it's funny because at a very young age, children, we were all one once upon a time, if you're not a child, we develop this uh, ability to lie really quickly, don't we? It's like, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. And uh, I remember uh, some of you, similar sort of age, you've, you've had children. Remember the Veggie Tales uh, DVDs? I was going to start singing the song, Veggie Tales, Veggie Tales. I'm not going to do that. <coughs> but um, I remember this one uh, program or this one DVD, it was all about the fib. Uh, this, this, this person told the story, it became like this cartoon character of a small fib and then try to cover it up and the fib just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's just a brilliant illustration of what, uh, as children, but unless we develop the ability to speak the truth, we will continue through our lifetimes trying to just get by by not being real and truthful about ourselves not being truthful about other people and about circumstances and things that go on in our lives. And so that's what we're going to dive into this morning, <coughs> uh, quoting many, many verses. And the first one simply being one of the Ten Commandments that reads, You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And God knows that if we, his people, don't speak the truth, that marriages will suffer that families will fall apart, companies will be ineffective, friendships will explode, churches will split, sports clubs and other hobby and gatherings will disintegrate, governments will fall and charities will be exposed. As we just pause on that, we mentioned that last week, the truth usually comes out, doesn't it? Now who would have believed in such prominent charities that stuff like that was going on? Who would have believed that stuff? And yet, the truth came out. Uh, just uh, in my head, one of my, was one of my greatest sporting heroes was a man called Lance Armstrong. He was winner of the Tour de France seven times. 
and there were questions over his, uh, did he cheat, did he take drugs and all this, and for, for, for a long time, it's like, no, no, he didn't, no, he couldn't have done, he couldn't do. he did, he did, and the lies that he spoke of, and the ways in which he tried to cover something up, eventually came out. The Oscars, tonight, tonight, isn't it? The Oscars, you know, one of the most prominent film people in Harvey, Weinstein, it's come out, it's come out, and it usually, usually does. Proverbs is full of examples of telling the truth. A troublemaker and a villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth. From the mouth of the righteous comes the fruit of wisdom, but a perverse, or we could translate deceitful tongue, will be silenced. And then, conversely, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. The writer of Proverbs addresses this so many times. As we read through it, you will... Uh, you will come across many verses like this and like others, but there are many others as well. And uh, the reason I think you addressed it so many times is because it's so important on two levels. And the first level simply is because uh, dishonesty disrupts or corrupts our relationship with God. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. It's impossible to maintain and have relationship with God and yet not tell the truth. It creates a barrier. It creates a block between us and the Father. If we're not living honestly with ourselves and the way that we're conducting ourselves, it creates a blockage. There is something in the way which needs God and you to deal with. And that's the first thing. That's the first most important thing. And unless we address the truth, you'll be stuck in that position. I'll give you an example um, of a subtle way in which we do this often. Many of us, I'm sure probably all of probably all of us have done this once in our lives. So the question is, how are you doing? You know where I'm going with this already, don't you? <laughs> You know, your marriage could be on the rocks. Your kids could be smoking dope and uh, sleeping around. You're, you could be behind on your mortgage repayments. And even the dog's sick and you have to take it to the vet. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, life's great, thanks. It's all right. I'm fine. I'm fine. Isn't that the classic answer? You know, and, and so, so often... When someone who really genuinely cares for you and loves you and asks that question, how are you doing? How is your soul? How are you? And the second reason I think that the writers of Proverbs was so hot on this topic is because it also has the power to affect and disrupt and dishonor and destroy other people. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse or deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. She promised to be faithful to me. He said he'd not have another drink. She said that she could keep that secret that I shared in confidence with her, but she's gone around, she's told everyone. I trusted, insert the gap. Deceit crushes the spirit. 
And so, this morning, have you told any lies lately? We'll get together soon with no intentions of doing it. Someone emailed me the other day, chatting away. It was someone from, from of old and, and said, oh, yeah, we really must, you know, it would be great to get together sometime. And I just knew straight away, well, there's no intention of that. I just replied back saying, that's fantastic. Let me know when. <laughs> I did. I know there's no intention whatsoever. Do you exaggerate the truth? Do you ever minimize the truth? Do you ever twist the truth to take the heat off yourself and put the blame onto other people? And sometimes our behavior is so subtle, it's become so ingrained in who we are and the way we conduct ourselves, we don't even realize that we're doing it. Allow the Holy Spirit this morning to search your heart and not harden your heart, not run away from it, but actually take it head on with him this morning. Secondly, we're going to look at just a number of ways in which we can actively pursue this whole area of truth-telling. Let, let me just say this bit here. Jesus says he is the way, and he is the truth, and he is the life. He's the way. He's the way in, he's the way through, he's the way beyond. And it comes through truth. And he's the life, and he offers his life to us, and we have life in all its fullness, through life in him. And Jesus also said this, he said, the truth shall set you free. And I really sensed this morning, actually, before, uh, before we met, that many of us, we have believed lies about ourselves. Lies that the enemy You've made an agreement with the enemy based upon half-truth because that's what he's about. He is the father of lies. And it could be something that you've believed about yourself. It could be words that were spoken about you, over you, behind your back. And you've allowed those things spoken to become truth in you. And they're not true. But the truth, the knowing the truth, will set you free. Because I know, because I can see it in your faces now. As I'm talking about some of these things, already there's that retreating into yourself. But that's not the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is freedom. The heart of the Father leads us, his kindness leads us to repentance. And sometimes that means saying sorry, and we're going to come to that. And sometimes, but often it means a different way of life. A turning, a different way of thinking, a different way of believing, a different way of thinking, a different way of speaking. That's what repentance really means. It's a turning, a change. And for some of us this morning, the truth, the truth, if you'll hear it from Jesus through the person of the Holy Spirit, will set you free. I need to get back to my notes. Here we go. Put in my code. Oh, 17% battery. We're in trouble. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's speed things up. So the, the first thing in terms of pursuing truth is to speak less. If you want to actually, um, you know, uh, guard yourself about, you know, telling the wrong stuff, is actually talk less. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. 
Put a different way or a different translation. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. We know people in our lives that like to talk, right? And I'm not saying that people that talk a lot tell loads of lies. That's not what I'm saying. But the chances are, if you're going to speak a lot, you have a greater chance of something that's not true coming out of your mouth. So talk less. The less we talk, the more likely we are not to exaggerate. And the same can be said about what we write and how much we write on social media. How many times have you read a post or read posts or things that people have said, people have portrayed on social media and it's out there in black and white and you know them, fine rightly, that what they're writing is not true. It's a portrayal of themselves, but it is not necessarily true. Proverbs goes further, though, <clears throat> on the subject of speaking less and says this, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The heart of the righteous weighs, weighs it up, what the person is saying. But the mouth of the wicked just gushes it, just comes out here, there, and everywhere. And we've all been in places and we've all been in circumstances where you're listening to someone else who's talking and they're rabbiting on and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm just not 100% confident in what they're saying. I don't really like what they're saying, etc., etc. We have this age-old added phrase, or old, I can't say that, you know what I mean, that phrase that we use and it's called think before you speak. And we can use that acronym. You've probably come up with this one before or heard this one before. The acronym of THINK. THINK before you speak. T stands for is it truthful? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? If the answer to any of those questions is no, then don't say it. Don't say it. THINK before you speak. We've all been there, haven't we? We've all said something and no sooner have the words tripped off our tongues, we're like, I shouldn't have said that. And it's kind of like you want to get them and put them back in your mouth, but it's too late, they're out. Think before you speak. And the last one, kind. Sometimes we think in terms of saying kind things, that they're always nice things. Sometimes, and this leads on into the next point, Sometimes being kind is saying things that aren't necessarily nice, but it's still kind to make the point, and it's still kind to say what you think. Because sometimes we don't tell the truth because we trade truth for tranquility. We trade truth for tranquility. You know what I'm talking about. When we see someone making poor choices about the way that they're parenting their children, when we see that they seem to be just drinking alcohol that little bit too much, when we don't like hearing the way that a spouse speaks to their spouses so abruptly in front of you, when we see them not making wise choices with their lives, and when we see them making selfish, non-God-honoring choices, which you know, if they continue, just leads to a path of destruction. 
and yet we say nothing. We don't tell the truth. We don't say it as it is. And then we see the enemy come, take them, steal from them. Because we didn't have the guts, the bottle, whatever, to actually speak the truth in love. Why don't we do that? I think there's three reasons. We risk the fallout of relationship. We risk a lot by actually saying it as it is. We risk the other person getting mad at us. We risk being hurt and we miss being misunderstood. And we risk the feeling of rejection when someone turns their back on us. And so we trade the truth for tranquility instead of the uh, or truth-telling over peacekeeping. It's a dangerous business, but we must learn to tell the truth in love. Proverbs 3.3 says, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. I have a good friend of mine who uh, many years ago parted company with his wife. It was a really sad thing. Uh, It wasn't his doing. Um, And I journeyed the brutal uh, loss and pain of separation and then divorce with with a good friend of mine. And... um, uh, and that was that. And uh, he, journeyed it, he journeyed the beginning really well, meaning he acknowledged the pain, he acknowledged the, the loss. He came brutally and humbly before the Father and just cried his eyes out in worship, in ministry. He did the right stuff in that there were other fellows in his life that gathered around him and walked the, the hard yards with him in the early stages He did not, in my opinion, give sufficient time for complete restoration and healing before moving on to another relationship and started dating others, in my opinion, too soon and went from one relationship to another, to another, to another. And then I I was hearing stories of he was with this person, he was with that person, and I just thought, mate, what the heck are you doing? You're actually making a really bad name for yourself. You're, gonna, you're, you're getting the reputation of a bit of a one. But no one was telling him this. None of his friends were actually telling him, except me. And I remember, I remember the time, I remember lifting the phone and saying, what are you doing? Do you realize and I began just to point these things out. And he got mad with me, really mad with me. He didn't like what I was telling him. And I came off the phone feeling awful, like awful. And then you begin the question, Flip, should I have done that? Is it my business? Is it my right? Is it, you know, was what I said to him actually truthful? And the reality is... It was truthful, it was helpful, and it was definitely done from a heart of love and concern from me to my friend. And years down the line, uh, he did all the hard yards, was happily married, and, uh, and our friendship with time was restored again. But the friendship was affected, and that was hurtful. 
especially when I stepped out in a sense of um, out of love. Part of my job as a pastor is to do this very thing. I don't like it. It's in the job description and I don't like it. I would naturally err towards not saying things. But I have to. Why? Because I'm called to love and I'm called to champion you on. And if I see something that I think you're better than that, or if I see or hear something and I think, why are you doing that? That is not life-giving. If I say nothing, that's not kind to you. If I do nothing, that is not loving to you and to the people in your life that you love most. But here's the thing, body of Christ. It cannot be up to me or Chance or others on the team. This is what we're all called to do. We're all called to speak the truth in love to one another. I am incredibly grateful, not, <coughs> not always at the time. I am incredibly... One minute. <coughs> Excuse me. No, I'm okay. Thanks. I'm incredibly grateful to people in my life who love me, care for me, and are for me, and they have my back when they come to me privately, personally, and say, I love you too much to not say this, and then they say this about me. And at the time, I'm not always incredibly grateful. But with time, I'm incredibly grateful to them. Why? Because they love me, and because they see more than I see. You see, the thing is, very often we're quite blind ourselves to various things. And you might have heard things like our blind spot or our weaknesses or our shadow or whatever. And unless you entrust yourself to other people and give them permission and allow them to speak truth into your life, you're just going to continue being the way you are. But the fourth point is, there is a right approach to doing this. Because if we get this bit wrong, the approach bit wrong, you do have the potential to hurt and harm people. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Linked with truth is kindness. And Paul writes to the Ephesians, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him. So some tips that I have learnt in terms of telling or speaking the truth in love. The first thing is this, is try to remove your own emotions from the situation, if it's between you and another person. So they say something to you, it just riles you. Try to remove your own emotions from the situation. And often that takes time to actually walk away from the situation, process it, calm yourself down, go before the Lord, and then come to another time when you meet with the person when you're feeling much, much calmer. There are too many times when we respond and we react 
in the situation. Weigh up what it is. Is this their stuff or your stuff in the situation? And very often when there are things that are said about me or uh, whatever it might be, I might hear something that someone said and I hear it secondhand and it begins to whatever in me. I need to sometimes weigh up, is this their stuff or is this my stuff and my own reaction, my own response to what is being said? And truthfully and honestly have to really um, uh, go before the Lord on that stuff. If you have something that you think or feel you need to say to someone, approach them saying something along the lines of, I love you too much not to do this. Or I care for you so much that I really feel I don't want to do this, but I really feel that I need to say these things. I regard you highly, have noticed some things that might be quite hard for you to take right now, but here it is. And then just point it out. Uh, someone uh, that I know, uh, I, I, I just kept hearing this person speak like just, just inappropriate stuff. It wasn't really, really bad, but it was, it was bad enough. Inapp- just stupid things. And, and, and I kind of thought, oh, that's, that's over the mark. That's over the line. You've drawn, yeah, that's gone. That's too far. I kept thinking, why, why does this person keep doing that? And I remember meeting up with this, with this fella, and I just said, do you know what? You, I've heard you say this. I've heard you say that. And I gave the person real-life examples. I wasn't making them up, and it wasn't hearsay from someone else, which is really unhelpful. There were things that I'd heard. I said, why, why do you do that? The person thanked me. I thought, oh, thank goodness for that. That one went well. Because very often, sometimes they don't. And the person was so grateful that I had taken the time and the love and the concern to point these things out. Saying, when you say this, this is what I hear. Why do you do that? And it actually began a journey, a journey uh, between the two of us of, of journeying some of the reasons, some of the stuff I'm doing this because it's the pain of the person that actually led this person to be like that. One of the things that frustrates me, I'll be honest with you, when we talk about someone else that we know and we talk about the thing that just isn't quite right, you know what I mean? The thing that kind of grates you or the the kind of behavior that they do. And this is what we say. Oh, that's just such and such. That's just the way they are. I'll be really honest, that really annoys me because I think that shouldn't be the way it is. That shouldn't be just the way they are. And our job as their friends is to call it out on them and say, why do you do that? Why do you behave that way? Why do you speak that way? There has to be an underlying reason why you do that. You're better than that. God's made you for more than that. God's calling you to something else. Why? Why? And I think it's our job, all of us, friends, leaders, whatever it might be, to call it out of them. What we see, the God-given thing about that person that we see in them.
totally lost here. Where am I? Um, and as you do that, it will go one of three ways. One is they'll say, thanks, but I don't really care what you have to say. It's like, well, okay, I've done my job. Secondly is uh, they're mad at you, and uh, you might even lose a friendship over it. And that's really tough. That's the most extreme. And then lastly, they might, like my last story, is thank you for it. Appreciate you for taking the trouble and the time to step out in that way. Because remember, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. You cannot control how the other person will respond. You just have to be obedient to what you sense the Holy Spirit is saying to you to do. One last point before we kind of come into land is, is taking caution to who you listen to, actually. So if you're on the receiving end of this, is taking caution as to who it is. So I will listen to someone who has something direct to say about me if I know they love me and they have my back and they want me to do, to be the best that God's called me to be. If I don't think that, then what they have to say, I need to guard my heart because there's enough that's said and done in life, isn't there, that kind of wounds our hearts. So let's not get unnecessarily wounded but let us listen to the honest answer that's a kiss on the lips from the friend or the person that we know genuinely loves and cares for us. Coming into land, the fifth and final point on speaking truth is admitting when we're wrong. In the book of James, he encourages, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Whenever you've wronged another, have the strength and the courage to admit it. Go to the person and say, I was a whatever, and I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And nine and a half times out of ten, they will love you even more for it. They will respect you even more for having the courage to go ahead and do that. Oh, how the world would look so differently if we acted like this. Imagine what a business would be like. Business leaders here, your employees. If you could have the honesty amongst your employees and yourself, and you were honest with them also. Imagine a world of politicians that acted in these ways. I'll be honest with you, I know we're all laughing and joking and, and, and I totally understand that, by the way. I was chatting with our Sam the other day and he was talking about pol politics uh, with me and our politicians here. And I, I just said, son, there has to be room, there has to be space for a kingdom-minded way of doing politics. There has to be. Translate that into business. I said the same in the same conversation. The business people would lead and employ and generate business, which isn't always money as number one, but was about people, was about honor, was about value, was about job creation. 
Imagine a business person, man or woman, leading in those ways. That's a kingdom mentality. The money will flood in. All walks of life, wherever God has us and takes us. Imagine marriages where truthfulness was at the very heart. Imagine relationships, friendships. The world is waiting. The world is watching. And how we as the body of Christ need to model this really, really healthily. Amen.